me it's like three or four relationships now of like collecting evidence yes. and data of like, well, I tend to do this. These are the things that piss me off about other people. I don't let go of that when I'm just on, on an app and someone like says something stupid or misspells a word that I find annoying or puts a photo with a dog and I have a cat. And I'm like, well, this is obviously never going to work. Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast video thing that we tend to do. Today I have got Steph Bossett with me. Yeah, we go way back. We go way, we go like over way a back. decade back through doing some work together, but also the common thread of being third culture kids, fed up people, basically displaced and trying to figure things out in a bigger way than everyone else. But today I thought let's get together live in our studio, right? So we can talk about the big topics of dating in the modern age, relationships, and all things like breakup and how do we navigate looking after ourselves? We're, in, we're both in London as well, so it's fast paced, it's always moving. And dating kind of does the same thing, right? So we want to just have an informal chat about things that we've learned and are learning, let's be real, right? Yeah, every day. Yeah, and, and just see if you can get some value out of it. Uh, maybe it resonates with you. So Steph, who are you? Give us a little intro to who is Steph Boston. Who am I? Well, I'm a 39-year-old journalist. I've been living in London for, oh my God, 20 years now. And uh, yes, I'm sort of back on the journey of navigating uh, the whole dating scene. Yeah, so we're both, we both had breakups in the same year. I think roughly. Yeah. So I was in a 13 year marriage plus kids plus white picket fence kind of lifestyle uh, for 13 years wow. uh, and then got divorced. And you were, tell us, what was your context? Uh, yeah, we were together for nine years. Uh, no kids, but a cat and, um, and a house and, you know, a whole life really together. Yeah. And so you've been split up for about a couple two, of two, months. Yeah, coming up to two years. Two, yeah, me too. About two, which is. Whoa, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so I think we've probably both approached our breakups slightly differently and dated slightly differently. Uh, it's worth saying I date men, you date women. So we're both navigating uh, that kind of gene pool across London, <laughs> right? <laughs> but equally, no matter who's, because I think we it was both of our choices to kind of start the breakup. I certainly yeah. made the choice to, to end my relationship. And no matter, even if it's your choice, change is hard, right? So navigating like what, like after nine years, for me, after 13 years, I'd never done online dating. I was like, what is this world that is just like at your fingertips? How do I want to date? How do I want to show up? And does dating even matter? Like we both have careers that we're quite passionate about as well, right? So give us just a bit of context to you just before this scene. So I'd love to know, like, where are you from? How did what were your aspirations to kind of find somebody and settle down and live happily ever after? Or did you come at it from a completely different angle? Oh God! I mean, I ended up in a series of when I moved to the UK in the in the late nineties from Italy, where I'd been living for a few years in university. So you know, you kind of blossom as an adult. At least I did, because I was a late bloomer. I wasn't a teenager. I didn't I didn't have girlfriends or boyfriends or anyone. You know, I was, yeah. I was a kid. 
So it all kind of happened in London, which was great. But it also means that I embarked on, on the world of relationships quite late. So then it was like all encompassing. The first time I fell in love with someone, it was like, oh my God, if this, if this ends, I don't know how I to deal die. with it. Yeah, you're just going to die in the world. And anyway, that one, that relationship obviously did end. <laughs> and then I, I found the, I didn't fall into it. You know, you, it's a series of many decisions, but I went from that three-year relationship to then another four-year relationship and then a nine-year relationship. So I've been in a kind of, okay, sort of serious relationship. Monogamous. Yeah. yeah one word. So weirdly, I embraced after this sort of breakup separation two years ago. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be single and enjoy it if I can. But I just needed to take that time out. I can't. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's. I don't think it's healthy to be in constant relationship. I think it's good to be just with yourself. Learn. Yes, I I found that as well. Like because I think healthy relationships are two people that are happy within themselves yeah so like they take responsibility for their own happiness their own um career paths the things that are important to them uh, and then they they're able to share that right mm-hmm. in theory right and then we use words like falling for right or we lose ourselves in the kind of chemical reaction <laughs> of you know all this excitement of love yeah and so this there's this weird like our logical brain versus our our heart or our chemicals or just the other side of things and so rationally, I'm like, it's two people who join together and have a partnership, <laughs> right? And then the reality is like, emotions. Where the fuck did those yeah. come from? <laughs> they always ruin everything. The conscious coupling, yeah, doesn't, doesn't quite work out that way. But It's always messier. Uh, and that, I guess that's why I want to do this on the Adversity to Advantage podcast, because a lot of what we talk about is the messy middle. And that there are stories out there of, oh, I was single and it was hard and it was this, and now I'm together and it's all beautiful and perfect. I'm guilty of these things sometimes, right? Yeah. But actually there's this messy middle of finding ourselves, especially post-breakup, right? And just kind of trying to figure out how, how do we do this adulting thing, yeah. right? In the modern world of, of social media and all, all the rest of it. So, okay, so breakup comes and you're going, I think I need to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. How's that working out for you? How did that feel? How did it feel just actually living that rather than the theory of it? Well, I mean, we've we've talked about this before. Like, I'm quite I'm I'm quite happy with my own company. Yeah. Like, I love living by myself. Like, I haven't found that a problem. I have to say, like, I haven't been needing to find someone to go out with. It got to the point where you're like, okay, well, I have someone that needs to fulfill, and therefore I will sort of do what it takes. But even that's really difficult. I mean, it was a minefield on, on so many levels. Like the same thing with you. When last time I was single, there were no apps. Yeah, no dating apps, and yeah. they look fun. When you're with someone, when you're in a monogamous relationship, you're like, oh, they're having so much fun on Tinder. When it's your turn, you're like, this is just brutal. I have no idea what I'm doing. It's well, <sighs> well, and is there a rule book for that sort of thing? I don't. I see everybody's doing it differently. Everybody goes to those apps looking for something. I don't know. I see some, you know, I know some guys that are, I love it. They have a lot of fun on those apps. And I know people that have found their future spouses on it. Um, there's all kinds. There are. And that, and that's where it's an experimental process for each of us. Uh, let me be real. I've had a lot of fun on those apps. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The way I approached it, which was very much like, if you, if you approach dating in a similar way as you do a career change or, or, or a job prospect, I know it sounds cold. And I've been accused of this, but if you approach it in a way that is more like, all right, it's a skill that you can develop 
So I haven't done it for ages. So what I need to do is put myself out there consistently and frequently so that I can learn the skill of dating. That's kind of how I approached it, which meant there was no bad dates except for that one. That oh, that's amazing. Me. Yeah, kind of. I was like, there, there weren't any bad dates in the sense where I always learned something about myself from the experience, especially at the beginning. Um, that's a pretty good approach because I, I just see it as too much. Like I, I, I'm trying to see it as a tool for finding love in a relationship. So I'm already skipping like 30 steps. I'm skipping six months and going like, well, what's the point? What's the point if I don't find someone uh, to love or whatever? Instead of just breaking it down to like, actually, it could just be a nice interaction with someone else. It could be a great evening out. It could be a great conversation. It could be a shit conversation. But either way, we're learning something. But I do think I see this as a problem in modern dating for all of us is that we're so fast paced. It's really hard to be present in the moment of the interaction because we're going, hmm, what's the red flag that you've got going on, right? Yeah. Um, we're, we're going, actually, could you make a partner? Would I, can I picture you with my cat on your lap? Can I, could you be the father of my children or the, the, oh, the, yeah. the co-parent of whatever? Like, yeah. like we go into the six months, one year. I mean, I'm guilty of, so I'm dating somebody uh, pretty new and, and my friends are guilty of this as well. I probably surround myself with certain people. I'm guilty of going, it's beautiful. Like, it's great. It's brilliant. Like, there's literally nothing wrong with the magic of the moment. And I go, I wonder what happened to yours is going to annoy the fuck out of me at but some point. There will be that, right? Like, yeah. we've done it. That's the thing. Like, how do you let go of the baggage? Like, so now, for me, it's like three or four relationships now, like, collecting evidence yes. and data of, like, well, I tend to do this. These are the things that piss me off about other people. I don't let go of that when I'm just on, on an app and someone, like, says something stupid or misspells a word that I find annoying or puts a photo with a dog and I have a cat. And I'm like, well, this is obviously never going to work. And it's just horrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. So how do we, and also there's so much noise. There's so many like so apps. There's so many people. There's so many, all this stuff. And we need to filter in some way, but how do we know that we're filtering in the right? Like, what are we missing out on by going, you spelled the word wrong. Yeah. I'm definitely filtering on bullshit at the moment because all I'm being given on the apps is if you're on like Hinge, you know, there's three, four photos at the most. And then they ask these kooky questions, which are meant to be original. And I don't know what they think it's it's sort of achieving, but you have so little to go on and it's extremely superficial. Literally someone's looks. Yeah. 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 Someone's physical appearance. I go, oh, I don't, yeah, I mean, it kind of, it's kind of what I like, kind of not. And, uh, you kind of assume they look worse in photos because we always put our best photos on there. So, I mean, gosh, I swipe right on. Not that I'm freaking, you know, hot or anything, but I'm just, I just swipe right on so few people because I'm become uh, so discerning and so critical of everything I see. Do you think that's healthy? Like, have you learned that because because you you know yourself well enough, or is it actually no, I think you miss out? It's no, definitely. I think these apps kind of make you miss out on stuff. I spoke to someone. Who did I speak to uh, a friend of mine who said they had a mutual friend who decided for one month they would just go on a date with everyone that had swiped on them, mm -hmm. regardless of whether they liked them, what they looked like. They were like, "No, I'm going to be open to this." And I think she did end up finding a guy that she would never have swiped right on before. And yeah. I know. So I think you're like, we do need to take risks 
But then the flip side is also true. It's because I was taking the approach of like, well, every day is a good day. Like at least I can learn about myself and experiment. I was going on dates with people that I found quirkily interesting. Like maybe they traveled a lot or maybe they uh, were, you know, into some kind of philosophy or personal development. I was, I was kind of swiping based on would I have an interesting conversation with you and learn something. Which I think is a good, which is good. And then I'd be like, oh, I just didn't have physical chemistry. And so my best friend was going, all right, you have to swipe based on would you have sex with that person? <laughs> yeah, like brutally opposite. But guys, this is not advice, right? <laughs> and, and then I was like, oh, so I do actually need to come at it from both angles because you do want some kind of chemistry. But equally, you have no, we have no clue if what we see there is going to translate into, like you might go, that person's hot. I de- like I've definitely had the like, you know, gone for the abs and gone, and I'm like, okay, let's just go chemistry. Let's see what happens. So they just put photos of their abs? Is that what happens with the guys? It's just, let's just like, oh yeah, of course you don't even know. <laughs> what do you guys do on those abs, huh? Okay. What do you do? Um, well, sometimes it's like a adventure mountain climbing shot yeah. with the shirt off thing. A lot of traveling and adventures. Yeah, or there might be gym kind of moments or that I've learned that that's too far for me. Oh, but, no. but I've dated quite a few fighters, like MMA fighters and stuff. <laughs> I, have a, I have a pattern, guys. I don't know why. And I think it's because I've, I'm quite a fighter. Like I, I have a warrior energy. Like I love the kind of people who stand up for things and stuff like that. So either I go for the like environmental whatever person yeah, okay. or the literal physical fighter so yeah then I might see abs but then but then <laughs> but then I go and meet them and I'm like oh like the chemistry still isn't there and so it isn't just about you know because it's those quirky little qualities that you can't capture in a picture yeah yeah, yeah. what's what's it like I was gonna say what's it like dating women that felt wrong <laughs> <laughs> um, what's yeah. it like on the, the the dating apps for women well, I'm only on a couple of them, and and it's this, the the apps, the sort of iPhone apps that have relatively little information. So not like the Match.coms, which I think have a bit more substance to the profile, which might be more helpful. Uh, but look, it's it's a lot of them are sort of like, look at me, Taj Mahal. Look at me, I'm amazing. I'm at Machu Picchu. Look at me, I'm amazing. I love traveling. Because traveling is really it seems to be focus of all the profiles. Which, but what is it saying? I'm interesting. I'm cool. I mean, I'm well-traveled. Is that the message, do you think? For me, like, I love traveling and, you know, having moved around and all that. I obviously appreciate people that want to learn about other countries, but it's not. It just means you have good holidays and a healthy bank account. For me, that's kind of what it, it means. It Is it the Instagramical fakeness? Of- and that as well. So I don't find the traveling that impressive, actually. What I don't find impressive is the underwater shark shot when I can't see your face and I'm like, oh, why yeah, is yeah, this? Yeah. Oh, the filter stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why are you putting filters on your face? I'm like, why? I don't understand. Yeah. Then there's a lot of... How, how long do you message for before you lock that shit down and meet? So I... So I picked up dating again after a 10 months break. And slightly enforced break or intentional. I don't know. I just couldn't be bothered for 10 months. And I remember from last time that the chatting was really kind of tedious because you have nothing to go on. You have to be like, oh, so how's the time? What are you up like? to? <laughs> yeah. And then you have this awkward conversation. So now I'm trying to chat minimally and then be like, all right, would you like me to for coffee? Lock it down. I yeah, think so. Because I think there's no other way to. You can and even weeks. psychologically, 
you build up a picture of somebody in your mind that isn't true, I think. Yes. And that's highly yes. disappointing. That roller coaster yeah. I had a really sweet chatting with, with someone that was like the first time I was on the app. It was over a year ago, last summer. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then we met and it was just, yeah, it was, uh, the chemistry was definitely not there. The photos were definitely from 10 years ago. And again, we all do that, but suddenly there was no. Do you have any go-to questions now after a little bit of experience to just try and I think I should. disrupt? No, that's a good idea. Except everything in the back of my head, I do have questions that I don't ask. Like, what do you really want to know? Yeah. Yeah, like, did you vote Remain or Leave? That's a valid question. <laughs> Some people put that on their profile. Yeah, there's a lot of that, which is kind of a sad, really, that we've come to this point where politics determine whether you're compatible with someone. But obviously, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know. Are you saying you don't ask that question? I mean, I can usually tell from from the profile, like, yeah, <laughs> and from you know, it's pretty easy with the conversation. You like, you can usually tell if a person leans. Well, you can always be surprised, but uh, maybe I should have like a list of ten questions. Do you have a set of questions? That one? I don't have a list, but I, I kind of, I've often asked, "What are you passionate about in life?" And I realize I'm intense and a coach and all this bullshit, but. <laughs> But I want, like, I am intense and somebody's got to be able to match my intensity, you know? But also I like the question because it disrupts the, what do you do for a living? Oh yeah. Like, I don't care. That's basically asking how much money do you earn? And that creeps me out. And what are you passionate about? If somebody lights up because they go fishing or something, it doesn't have to be their work thing. It doesn't have to be like me. I'll be like, oh, this person can hold a conversation that shows me that they're passionate about life in some way. And that was very important to me after a 13-year relationship yeah. where we just watched fucking Netflix. And I was like, I need more. <laughs> so it was, became my little kind of go-to, see how they can people handle find that it question. easy to answer that question? Are they surprised by it? So the people that I then go on dates with don't find it hard. They, right. They're just like, la, 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 la. Like, you'll do. <laughs> you'll do. You'll do. It's a minimum standard. That's it's a minimum standard for me. <laughs> can you talk about something... That yeah, you're that's amazing. Um, but, but, but that's not like that's not the question everyone should ask. I just know myself and I want to know that. About, like I would never ask a political question because I don't yeah. feel like I'm in, in gross in politics. Like it doesn't matter to me. Um, I mean, it matters to me in a way, but other things matter to me more. But there is this fine line, isn't there, between trying to meet quickly in order to just test chemistry. But then can we be wrong when it comes to the chemistry that you feel within a minute? Oh, I think absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, it hasn't really happened to me, but at the same, actually, no, it has. The last, the last, um, one of the last people I did last summer, we had, we had really good physical chemistry, but uh, the rest was missing, which was a real shame, but it's so easy to sort of run away with the physical stuff. And actually someone I was, uh, that I've been sort of consulting with a life coach was like, don't kiss and don't have sex for like, you know, at least six weeks. And I was like, no, kissing six weeks? Are you kidding me? Six weeks? Um, for because what purpose? Yeah. the purpose was that the, the for certain types of people, perhaps the chemistry becomes confusing. So you think you have a connection because the chemistry is good, but then, and then that kind of overshadows everything else. So you don't see that actually you don't, you have nothing in common and your conversation is shit. Because but what if you just want to have a bit of fun? Oh no, for sure. I feel like kissing... Gives this is information awesome. about yeah. chemistry. <laughs> I mean, bad kisser out, right? There's a weirdly, a lot of bad kissers out there, which I'm surprised. So maybe people at are nervous uh, at our age. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've had 20 years, 20, 25 years of practice. You should be better than that. But I wonder. But there is something about waiting. 
Six weeks is too long. Six weeks long. is too long. I don't think that's possible. But I understand the sort of the premise and yeah. And then to flip that to a little bit later in the game, people like really much later when you do much have sex <laughs> later. Yes. <laughs> when it just wait. <laughs> no, whenever that is, because we're grown ups and we can do whatever we want. The chemical thing that happens after sex, I think people say all sorts of shit right then. Ah, oh, you're the whatever best person to me. Like that's when people say I love you. That's when people say they're in love. Like all that sort of shit. And I'm like, I practice this, and I don't know if it's because I'm too controlled, but just hold your tongue. Wow. Okay. So I have, that's not something I've experienced, to be honest, because I find that would be like the worst time to say anything, especially well, if you're seeing someone casually. Then it's like that. That was that was awesome. You know, I mean, I think we've talked about <laughs> it already. That it was like that was awesome. <laughs> this fun, that shit. <laughs> in my head. But uh, but yeah. So after like all these long term relationships, it was it's been in the last couple of years that I've been able to sort of just casually sort of enjoy sex with people. Yeah. With people. Okay. Like yeah, yeah. No, it sounded like a quantity of. Which has been really great, especially as you know, at my age, I can I can handle it, and I felt like I was mature enough at last to be able to be like, I'm oh, great, I'm gonna go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, extremely liberating. Um, so thankfully, nobody's ever been weird straight after. Uh, okay, nobody's ever. I think men are different. I'd say men. Yeah, you know, it's just. I think of... there's these expectations that men think a woman wants to hear a certain thing at that oh, time. There's a lot of that. that they want to cuddle or that they want to, and I'm just like, oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> they must get that from the movies or something. I think Disney and the and rom coms have a lot to to. Yeah. All, but also, let's not go right into masculinity because we're not men. But my and and your your experiences <laughs> limited. Yeah. Limited. But I think there has been shifts in, in you know, the, the gender roles as far as sensitivity and uh, emotional intelligence and openness. That it's more fluid. Yeah. And so we can't just be like, men aren't going to talk. And, and this was what was weird going into dating after so much time. It was like men felt like it felt different. And now it was like, oh, the, the, the man wants to be sensitive and open and, and say shit. And I'm like... Confused. <laughs> well, yeah, because so you were in this relationship for 13 years by this mm-hmm. marriage. Um, so you kind of had one set of, yeah, one set of like data, Ooh. if you will, to sort of go on. Yeah, love data. this. Love it. From one person. So how did you manage to sort of slightly let go of that, like the baggage, as we call it? There's so much more going on than baggage when you started dating, like. Well, so I, I, it sounds really good to be, be experimenting with dating, and I definitely have that approach, but that doesn't take away the fact that walking into my flat by myself was, you know, the, the loneliness that I felt, the, the, the fine line between, you know, being fully conscious in having casual sex or dating people, and because it's so fast-paced and addictive, some of the, the apps and stuff, kind of going, oh, I'm at a loose end on a Thursday night, I feel mm-hmm. a bit lonely, let me just lock something in, standards <laughs> drop. I'm like, you're free? Cool, right? Um, and, and, and using sex as, as an avoidance strategy of actual intimacy. So I've been on this quest of understanding the, the liberation of independence and women just like having sex when they want to in a similar way that men, it's been okay for men to do in the past. And how much do we use the quick fix of dating and sex mm. as an avoidance tool from actually being with, being fully present and allowing them to see some of our flaws. Like if I can just be on this intimidating kind of machine of going, yeah, yeah data, information, cool, all on my terms, because it was almost like a defense mechanism against 
the softness of and slowing down like your life coach you know there's something in the slowing down that's really hard to do especially when you're in a fast-paced job constantly developing yourself all, do you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. so would you have had because I found when I started on the apps at the beginning I was sort of discovery and I was like what is this about oh, this yeah, is quite yeah. nice and then kind of hated it for a bit and then it sort of worked or I made it work maybe and then again another phase I don't know it's been extremely inconsistent and I'm kind of bouncing around the apps wondering which one works the best for me and I find them all to be equally draining yes what makes you make the call to go like recently you've had a 10 month break mm. and then, and, and for what makes you go, actually, this feels like it's not good for me right now, or I want to pursue other things, or I don't know, how do we make that call? Oh God, that's a good question. I mean, I think it happened kind of organically 10 months ago when, you know, it was, uh, it was a run up to Christmas. I've had a sort of thing with a couple of people, whatever. Anyway, it wasn't working out. Was your heart, did like your heart hurt? No, no, it was fine. Like there was, um, no, that was, it wasn't that. It was kind of like, I deprioritized it quite naturally with the lead up to Christmas because it's such a busy, exhausting, draining time. And I was like, I'm going to deprioritize this because it's been a fun few months. I don't really need this right now. I'm going to pick it up in the new year. But then I didn't because I was, again, busy with other stuff. So it's kind of taken the, uh, what's the expression, gone on the back burner, et cetera. So I am forcing myself but why what why now have you i just wanted to like work on some other stuff in my life and and i felt the apps i hate that it comes down to dating is just reduced to the app yeah but um it is time consuming yeah it's a distraction it's not like um i i I don't know if anyone's ever met someone whilst waiting in line at a coffee shop but i wish we could still do that my fantasy is a bookshop looking at similar books a lot of that or like in the line to the cinema for a really cool film stuff like that Mm -hmm. right yeah. Does it happen? I don't know. I got asked out while walking down the street. Uh, yeah, when I was brave for a little while. I just respect, man. Yeah. Respect. You like that? I liked it. You heard that? Yeah. I was just walking. Oh, no, you guys need to be brave. I'm taking it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, anyway, curveball. But yeah, I was just walking down the street. I had my headphones in, and there was a guy walking this way. He had a camera around his neck. That maybe you should do that. Oh boy. Yeah. Because <laughs> she, she does videography and yeah, camera work. Um, and then he was cute. And so I was walking down and there was like a glass fronted shop there. So rather than look straight at him because it's like the sun, right? I just thought, let me look at his reflection. Oh, good tactic. But then he touched my arm while I was, and then I was like, huh, took my headphones off. Cool. I was like, okay, cool people. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, sorry, what? Can I do directions? <laughs> like, what? And he went, can I get your number? Can I ask you out? Can I, whatever. And I was like, Inside, I was going, do people still do this? This is incredible, <laughs> right? On the outside, I was like, sure. no, actually, actually, I'm acting really cool. I went, you're pretty good looking. <laughs> I told him he was cute. I don't care. <laughs> and he went, are you free now? And I wasn't. I was going to meet some friends. And so then he said, um, I said, take my number. And then I walked off very cool. Didn't look back, obviously. Never Obviously. Looked, never looked so back. cool. Very cool. And he texted me at like 1130 and went, I'm just finished working. Are you still in the area? And so I had, at night. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I said I was going oh, to wow. dinner with my friends. And he went, and he was a photographer and there was an event. So he was doing that shit. And he was like, I've just finished. Are you still in the area? Take some risks, people. I mean, be safe, but take some risks. So I was like, yeah, I'm free. I'm just still at the station. So we had the most magical midnight to 3 a.m. date 
Oh wow. Where we walked around the streets of London and he took pictures of like like sights and whatever. Screams of rom com. It but... screams of rom com. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> and then there was a kiss. I'm not waiting six weeks. The hell no, I needed to magically do the evening, right? It was a it was a really good date and then we went out for a little while. And then I I tended to have a three month marker where I would push away because I'd be like, <gasps> and I don't think we were right in, now that I think of the big picture right. of things and, and it was fine. But so this is what my learning of this like consistent dating, I wasn't ready for a commitment. I was really scared of being trapped based on the fact that I've been in this long relationship in a Catholic Italian family and before that was mm-hmm. raised in a cult, you know? So I was a bit like, I don't want white picket fans. You mentioned that. I will punch you in the face. <laughs> I want something different. And I kind of knew, you know, when you're figuring out what you want and I sort of knew the nuances of it, but then you've got to try it on for size for different people. But then it also, you also have to be open for it to change and be like, actually, I thought this is what I wanted. And I didn't realize it would come in this package, but, and now if we can talk, I don't know. So, so we, we hit the three month mark. That was it. And that was it. That was it. That's so funny because you always think in your head, like again, the rom com sort of uh, curse, if you will, that like when you have that kind of beautiful first date, surely that's it, like for life. Jimmy. Stupid thinking. Because yeah, it has totally. to, have, But then it has to transition from that blissful real kind of butterflies, yeah, to the real world, but not even. That sounded super cynical. <laughs> I just mean, but you're right. <laughs> it has to switch into the deeper, more intimate yeah. love phase thing. I'm less good at that. I'm good. I'm really good now. I've developed the skill of the three month dating starting situation so that I have the buzzy thing. And then as soon as shit gets real, I go, my work's more important. So you do let yourself float in the last, in the first few months, right? Float, float ish. Ish. A little tiny anchor to the ground. That oh, right. a lovely metaphor. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely stay anchored. And but then I'm I like, is that fear? Is that putting walls up because I don't want to get hurt or for it to to fuck things up? Like I don't fully trust myself. Or is it smart? I think there's probably a bit of both, right? Because I, I, the thing I'm so scared of with a nice relationship is that there will be those three to six months of floaty and yes. loveless, where you think everything's amazing and you make stupid decisions because your brain is I don't know what happens chemically in the brain when you're in love but there's definitely it's kind of yeah, like you lose yourself that's why they say falling <laughs> in love you right. lose yeah and then when you have to come back down to earth and uh I don't know I, I find that it's such a blissful time but it's also extremely scary because it's not real I don't think it's real anyway because should, but should we prevent ourselves from falling into it because we know that it's not real real Gosh, well, I mean, absolutely not. But right. when you think it's like the six months out of hopefully, you know, 30 years or 40 years you want to spend with someone for the rest of your life. Such a finite, tiny amount of time, which is just, oh, it's so beautiful, but just so unreal. And... But what if, what if it wasn't about finding the person for life, the 30 to 40 years? Like, I, yeah, I'm true. like... I think relationships have expiry dates and we learn from each other in this intense, beautiful, it's like holding a mirror up to yourself, right? And I think you can do learning in a relationship that you simply can't do on your own. And if it's three years and you let go and it's like amazing, you know, right? I I suppose I don't look at things as, am I finding the one for life? But I think it helps that I've had kids that I've, I've done, like I'm not looking for that. Yeah. That, like, and people who are, I get that you, you want to find a partner to maybe raise a family with or, or that sort of thing. Yeah, which 
put sex or pressure on things. Well, this is the thing. Psychologically, what kind of pressure are we putting on things when we're, we're almost waiting for the six month <gasps> to end, you know? Yeah, and then yeah. like, oh, what the fuck's going to happen? Am I, I going to hate this thing about you? Or is, yeah. you know, will I be able to navigate the tricky world afterwards? And, and if I do, does that mean I need to be with this person forever? Oh gosh, I know. We're just thinking about like the dumb shit. Like, oh, we have to open a joint account now. I will never do that <laughs> ever. Split the bills. Oh, it's so strange. It's so weird. It's such a weird thing to navigate. I don't even think we have to live with people anymore. Like, uh, yeah, often, yeah, it's for an, sure. It's an economic argument, especially in London. Like, rent and everything's really expensive. Um, but often, I see people move in really quickly because don't move in before six months are out. Oh God, definitely. people do it all the time. They go, oh, my rent thing's coming up. Let's just yeah, move yeah. in together. It makes sense. But it's like, no, no, on no. What planet does it make sense? <laughs> yeah, and I have a friend who's actually just done it, and I'm I'm so happy for her because she's been single for quite some time, and she seems to be happy. But again, it's going back to that fear of of the six months of like that in love message. Like they're moving in, they've moved in after like a, a few months together, and I I just pray, 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 and I don't pray, but um, I just hope that it's going to last, of course, you know, forever. But um, it's like. So when you see Hollywood stars and they're like, oh, we're in love, we've been together six weeks, we're going to get married. It's like, you guys, come on, you know where this is going to go. Well, we should learn this. from the past, shouldn't we? Yeah, people don't. But, but then, should, yes, right, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but then how do you not let your past sort of completely block you and fuck things up? And I see that all the time as well. Right. Where we put in the arbitrary red flags, like we're looking for them, yeah. we're on hyper yeah. alert for the red flags so that we can have evidence and be like, it's because of this red flag that I'm stepping back. But actually, is there another layer that's also true, which is I'm stepping back because this shit's scary and yeah. I've been hurt before, right? The older we get, the more we've been hurt, the more yeah, we've loved yeah, yeah. and the more we've been hurt. And so we can try and control the outcome of something that's kind of un- uncontrollable. And we can't do that. That's just something no. I like. It's no. impossible. And, and I'll literally have this conversation with my friends and siblings because it applies to me. It's like, we'll talk about a breakup or something traumatic that's happened and say something like, how will you choose to keep your heart open? You know, how will you consciously decide to stay open or to practice openness, right? Right. Because the natural reaction is put the walls up, shut that shit down, never, yeah. you know, never go on dates ever again because it's hard because I had this painful experience. But I think that's why I'm kind of like, sort of leaning towards thinking in my head oh I just want to find the one and, and just get it over and done with because I just remember that all the breaks up I've, I've been through it's just so painful you know it especially when you have to move out or when you have to like divide things it is a horrible pain it's like I don't want to do that every three years like I just I would love to I know very few people who are I don't believe in the one but you know what I mean I'm just you saying about a successful long-term yeah. relationship yeah, yeah, sure. There's lots of people out there with whom it could okay, be, but, but I know some people who met their sort of life partners when they were in, the, in their early 20s. I'm like, oh, you don't have to deal with any of this breakup shit. But grass is always greener. Remember when you're in this the monogamous thing and everyone's talking about, you just listen to the highlights of people's yeah, dating true, and true. wild sex and things. And yeah. you're like, oh, that sounds blissful. <laughs> and, and then when you can it. do it, it's like, oh, this is kind of tedious and takes a lot of effort. But I don't know. I think it's... Uh, I don't know how to find a solution or have a medium of being discerning but open when it comes to a dating app, which literally just gives you information and not feelings or chemistry, emotion. It's like, well, this is what they look like. 
This it's is what they did arbitrary. six months ago. This is what they think is funny. You know, when they try to be funny on some ends and it's like, it's not. And you're like, oh, does that mean that I, this is never going to work out because I don't find But what humor. about, like, if we translate this to entrepreneurship or work or careers, welcome, work, welcome to my world. Just give me one minute, one minute, one minute. <laughs> um, if we translate it, like, if, if they say that if you're just going, if you're just in this kind of journey of entrepreneurship for the end result, I want to sell a business and I'm going to be a billionaire, right? You, there is literally no point because the ups and downs of that journey are so striking. Yeah. You have to find a way to enjoy the hustle, to enjoy the journey. Like you have to, otherwise go get a job and do some investments. Like seriously, it will, because you'll lose your mind. Right. And so in a similar way in dating, how can we, rather than just think of the marker points of I lost everything, I gained everything, I lost everything, I gained everything, go, how do I enjoy the journey and yeah. learn from this and fully experience the highs and uh, learn to be compassionate with myself during the lows? Like, I don't know, trying to frame it to be about growth for me takes away the pressure of rejection. They hate me, they yeah. this, they this, they this, you know, like, oh, you know, but, but I say that crying every day when I dropped my kids off at their dad's for a full week and we showed them 50-50 and I came back to my flat alone and I would just be like, who am I? What am I? You know, like I, I, the pain is real. I'm with you there. And that's one of the certainties in life is pain. But do we want to not fully live because of that threat? I'm getting around to you now. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, no, well, that's, well, I mean, that's one of well, life's great questions. Like, existence is great questions. Like, how do we deal with the how I don't know how do we live with the knowledge of yeah suffering. conflict and pain and suffering and eventual death etc. I mean this could go into big philosophical uh, yeah uh, realms but no I mean I think you're right it's about enjoying the uh, enjoying the journey but so but that takes so much effort to keep yourself sort of grounded into <laughs> just that day without thinking about even tomorrow or next week or in six months. And it's not realistic to always be in the, that state. I, I think it's like this dance that we have to pull ourselves back in to be present. And of course, we plan the future and we think of other things. Um, I want to veer into social media because that's another way that dating has changed, right? Yeah. Uh, and I want to make sure we cover a couple of things. So one of the things is pre-research on dates. No. Do you ever pre-research? Of course. Yeah, right? <laughs> that didn't happen before. You're like, I only have three pictures on this app. Let me... Facebook, I mean, yeah, yeah. the algorithms sometimes kind of help, don't they? But now the app, one of the apps includes their Instagram profile, their Instagram sort of photos. So it's like, cool. So that's what you did yesterday, the day before, and this is what you like to eat. It's, I don't know, it's a minefield of information. It's a minefield of information, but is it the right information? I'm just looking at people's photos. Oh, by the way, that's, uh, that's my cat. cat. Yeah. I got him in the separation. I don't know if it's the right information. It's it's weird. It's like, I mean, just the other day I was on Instagram, just not for dating or whatever. And I suddenly I was like, I'm looking at holiday photos and vacation photos of people I've never met. It's weird. And why am I doing this? I don't know you. I'm looking at you on the beach. And it's like, is this useful to me in any way, shape or form? And I don't think it is. Well, because this is the other problem is when we're in the new stage of dating somebody, and we see all of that, or we see how happy other people are, or the, the apps are still on our phone. Like, there's always this, like, what's mm. the line, right? Between kind of going, let me just see what's going out there. Let me see. I'm just going to see, you know. But it's just so easy. Yeah. Like, so how, it takes away from this idea of, well, let me just, you know, when you, if you dated the person in the village and there were only five eligible people, and then one of them, you'd be like, all right, if I don't get this one, 
I might be an old spinster, <laughs> right, right, right. right? No choice. She'd be like, let's let's just commit and you know, and now it's like, oh you're good. I can see that like 70% of your stuff is mm, great, and then there's this 30%. Maybe someone else, their 30% will be more, you know, uh, I'll be able to work with it better. I don't know. Like how we're judging people on content, on content creation, that's just awful. Oh, and the first time I went on dates when someone went, so I checked out your website, and I found yeah, and I was like, oh, because <laughs> I'm so open about so many things. I'm like, oh, God, oh, all right, you're still here, but God, what kind? And then they're like, can you fix me? Oh, boy, yeah. And then the ones that kind of go, so you're a therapist. <laughs> ding, I'm ding, like, ding. oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I had someone actually do that. They're like, oh, just check out your website, and you wrote about this, and I was like, mm, yeah. I never, you don't think of that when you're putting out your own content. Yes, people are going to now go. Felt exposed, even though it's online, but it's not. You're choosing to be exposed, but yeah. I'm doing it from a networking work perspective, not from a right. perspective date thing. Okay, so there's the research side of social media, like, oh, who are you out on the online space? And there's so much of us kind of on there now. But then there's the exes. Ah, the exes. So whether it's our big long-term exes or like the brief exes, and then you go, ding with them really quickly. Or <laughs> they never, or like a friend of mine was just like, he never put like a profile picture with both of us. And it's been a month. And now there's this picture of him and this woman. Yeah, that's, again, it's more information that you're using to just compare it to what you had. It's just a minefield. And I don't know. If, and I think we do it in a kind of masochistic way as well. Yeah, yeah. It's like you seek them out. It's like, I mean, like I was telling you earlier about my ex, I have a lot of exes on social media, and actually I realized one of them recently unfollowed me on Facebook, which is weird because it's been a decade, uh, so I'm wondering what the motivation was. What meaning do you give that? Because that's all actually what it's all about. Well, I mean, I give it, I think I'm just curious, and uh, but I also don't care because it's been too long, or I shouldn't care, and yeah, I just found it, I found it interesting that I've been dropped. But maybe they've come to the realization that social media is, uh, or that it's not helpful or healthy. Yeah, maybe they're a trigger for that. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. asshole on social media, basically. Well, maybe I am. But, um, but maybe what is the point of being friends on Facebook with your exes if you're never going to see each other again? Or if you haven't got that, if you haven't sort of reconciled into some kind of Doesn't friendship. It, yeah, but, but even if you have done all the right things and a conscious uncoupling or whatever, right? All that sort of stuff. It can still make you question, did what I have had with that person, was it real? Interesting that like my ex-husband is dating a Brazilian girl who couldn't be more opposite than me. I thought he was into blondes. Like, was all of that a lie? (laughs) And I don't don't want to be back with him, but I'm still like, with all the times that he said that I was the perfect whatever, was that just, you know... But it gives you unnecessary thoughts and feelings. So you don't need to feel that. You don't have those feelings anymore. No, my business. But, you know, you're still spending time evaluating her or the photo, whatever you see, like yeah. I did with, with Facebook, when it's completely unnecessary. Like, it doesn't matter that someone's So you follow. saw your ex on Facebook? Then I saw my most recent ex on Facebook. Yes, we've, you know, we've been, I think we stayed on Facebook. Maybe maybe I limited the content for a little bit, obviously, in the, in the most difficult part after the breakup. And then the most recent photo was was her with a new partner saying in love. And I'm genuinely, genuinely from her journey since our breakup, I've been so, so happy for her because she's literally followed her dreams to a letter. Like, it's just wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm so, so happy. 
and I don't have those feelings anymore at all. I'm so happy with someone else. But it's like you're being offered this information which you don't really need, but it's like right in front of you. I'm like, ah, oh, well, I, oh, I feel about that. It's like, do I feel about that at all? It's just, it just, I don't think, and it's not black and white. No, it's like you can feel happy for that person and question or and have yes, self doubt and have your confidence be like, oh, you know, absolutely. It's it's great news. But in uh, in my previous breakups years ago, I would never have seen that. Nobody would ever have seen like you wouldn't have sent someone a photo saying, "Oh, by the way, this is postcard, <laughs> a little postcard." Yeah, that you you know, in love. No, I mean, you don't put that in someone's. But but you said masochistic, like that we have this weird like self-harming like it's it's weird like when we're low we want to hurt ourselves more so it's when i'm yeah. low that i'll eat a family bar of chocolate because i'm like oh i feel like yeah. Oh, yeah. and i'll just be like eh. or when people will go for more of a drink that they know is a depressant right right or when we'll surround ourselves with people that want to bitch and moan about exes because then we can feel validated that it's okay to do so yeah you know we seek out the people that are a little bit more you know can reinforce our negativity, maybe? Yeah, sometimes it's good to wallow. Like you want to be in that bad place for a bit. I don't know why. It's like, I want to be miserable right now. Even though it makes completely no sense, it's not going to put me in a good place. It's like, just... But then is that, so I'm all like, let me shift my feelings quickly. My, my time span of feeling shit is usually shorter because then I'll disrupt it. I'll watch the YouTube, I'll go for a walk. I'll, I'll oh, that's amazing. I think it is, but... I've also been told, you know, like we need to feel the feelings, you know, the meditation and stuff is like, just feel what is right now. And actually that allows the trauma or whatever to move through, to sort of be dealt with in your body and released. Right. Cause you said shifting as opposed, so you're kind of like moving it over. You're not neutralizing yeah. it as such. So it's still there, right? It's going to come back after your YouTube video or whatever. It's going to hit mm. you back again. Well, I don't think maybe not in the same kind of overwhelm, depressed. Like I think I neutralized that. But have I given, have I been compassionate with myself for the fact that I have that feeling and made it real? Like I'll often just reframe that shit so quickly. And I'm not sure about the line between, I think it's healthy to reframe things. And I think we, it's up to us. It's our choice, how we, what meaning we give to things. And sometimes they hurt and it's okay to feel the yeah. hurt or the pain. And it doesn't make you less of a person or unevolved. It's just like, and and I think in this world of distraction and numbing out, whether it's yeah. Netflix, drinking, work, you know, I have a healthy one, which I think is work, but actually it's another way of... But you've said that sometimes that kind of takes over a little bit too much, right? Yeah, I think so. Or it's your, kind of your go-to. It's my go-to escape, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And it's and it feels really logical, because I can tell people, like, just work's really important to me. And, and <laughs> yeah, focus on my career. I'm super passionate about my work. <laughs> and people go, oh, mm, she's so dedicated. And what they don't see is, like, I have a really hard date or like something got triggered from the past right and i'm like just but i mean that's a relatively healthy go-to oh i'm an alcoholic right so like 12 years ago it would have been dangerous to go use those so yeah so i flipped it into something much healthier um but then but then i think we just need to self-development is always questioning ourselves so it's going those tools worked then do I need new tools? What am I afraid of now? And I know for me, I'm afraid of that next level of intimacy because that feeling of losing yourself, I'm in control, right? And like the feeling of losing myself and trusting someone else, it just brings up a lot of stuff about my dad, about my cult upbringing, about, you know, pain from moving around so much and, and leaving people. So, you know. So what's your sort of MO when you're trying to negotiate that kind of phase of a relationship? 
I'm sort of in that now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's the question. Yes, negotiating that phase. I feel quite privileged that the guy that I'm dating has enough self-worth that when I do the distance thing, I sort of come in, move back, come in, move right. back, that he doesn't take it personally. He kind of goes, oh, do you, that's your stuff. Do you need space? Do you... He need... seems really receptive to, which is kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing. That's right. <laughs> um, but just the, the learning about myself in this next phase mm. and the realizing how much sex and um, just dating on this like revolving door thing can just be an escape from intimacy. Because I literally, we've been really open. So I've, I've said like, there was a Thursday night that my friend canceled plans at the last minute. And I was like, um, this is me being quite open. And, and he lives quite far away. So there was no way that we could see each other. And I was like, at a loose end, like I didn't want to work. So I was like, fuck, like, who are my old, like, I got some like, speed dial people and, you know, get on the apps. And I had to sit with this wanting to do this, but not, but having agreed not to, right. And so when he called me at about 11, and was like, how was your evening? This is the beauty of what we're able to do. I went, oh, it was a weird evening. Like, I really just wanted to date someone else. Just for, yeah, I was like, I just wanted to speed dial someone because I couldn't sit with myself. And he went, oh, I could totally see that you have those habits, that that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, And then he went, thank you for not doing that. I really appreciate it. And then we talked it through some more. I know. (laughs) Wow. Honesty 101. We're doing brutal honesty. Yeah. Wow. So this was presumably, sorry, did you say how early on was it? This was early days, so maybe we were three weeks in. Okay, so there was no expectation of being exclusive. No, there was, because he locked that shit down on day one. Wow, okay. Which never happens, and I was like, well, if you want something different, you've got to do different things. That didn't bother you? It actually felt right in the way that it happened, because he wasn't, mm-hmm. like, being controlling. He was just, I'd been really honest about it. He's saying, this is what I want. Yeah, and I've been really honest about my dating, like dating quite a lot and, and dating multiple people. And he was like, do you think just for this early stage while we're figuring each other out that maybe we'll just date each other? And I thought, I was like, he asks for what he wants, right? Yeah. Of course, I had a panic attack the next day. But, <laughs> but I've been like, uh-huh, yeah, sure, that feels right. Because in, in one of your early rants, or it might have been your first or second rant, you were kind of talking about the, not the positives, but the sort of, wanting to be open to dating multiple people at once and yeah, how that yeah. can bring you yeah. how it is how it makes the journey enjoyable yeah and obviously this is shutting that down a little bit but you're fine with it and it's worked i think we need to be open to experimenting with different ways of being i cert- what i'm looking for is the the ability to be fully honest and authentic in a partnership and whether that means being polyamorous because that's what we can handle or being monogamous I just want honesty. But when I explored some of the polyamory groups and like events, so so not sex parties or anything, but just like <laughs> they've got some meetups where there's people who are chatting about it and I just went to explore those conversations. The feeling I was left with was that it wasn't necessarily honest the way, right. the way some people were going about it. It felt a little bit self-centered. For some people, it felt like I love talking to the older couples who were doing it. Because they had a bit of life experience yeah. or had been monogamous and then shifted it and went, in order to evolve our relationship, we now want to see other people. And I was like, respect, like I, I can see that journey. But it wasn't automatically honest. And you have to think both ways, right? So yes, I would like to have my cake and eat it too, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But I have to be willing for the person I care about to also be doing that. And that's yeah. a little bit like, oh, 
you know. So I'm 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 not fixed mindset going, this is the only way to relate. I'm I'm testing this out and I feel like it's right for me to learn. And if I was polyamorous right now, I would be acting out by having sex with other people every time intimacy felt scary. Okay. And be going, oh, we're under the umbrella of polyamory. Yeah. So it's actually good learning for me to stay with and challenge myself. Right. Kind yeah. of grounds you a little bit. How do you view that sort of thing? Because the, the, there's so many different contexts to relationships now in this modern world of dating as well. Uh, well, I kind of explored that a little bit last year, uh, being part of sort of with or sort of exploring things with another couple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which was interesting. It was just one time, but I mean, I, I thought it was yeah, weirdly quite enjoyable. And, and also for me, it was very, it kind of grounded me in a nice, non-emotional area which was super nice it uh, was like i like you guys just enough to go to bed with you not just enough you know yeah, yeah. more than that comfortable in that but there's there's literally like no emotions here like we have good conversation which is great but i'm not gonna fall in love with either one of them now some people think that that's wrong or you shouldn't be having sex with people if you're not no, I think, but way. again, going back to the fact that, you know, the late bloomer, et cetera, I explored these things quite late in life. And I don't think I had the emotional, not maturity, but again, just in control of my feelings and not sort of. Because that, you do need that skill yeah. to not like Absolutely. take care of everything like rejection or for it to affect your confidence if someone doesn't call you or if some, you need a bit of self-worth. To, yeah. Yeah. Just be free. It's, uh, yeah, it was quite liberating. It was it was really interesting. And anyway, like most of the the crux of the complexity is really down to them. They were the couple, and uh, you know, it's it's that's their choice. I'm the outsider coming in. It's for me. It's kind of much easier to to be that person. You don't have someone else. To be like, hey, was that okay for you? Or are you starting to get feelings for like this third person? Or are we okay? Like, um, but are you saying it's only possible that sexual liberation of more than one partner or whatever if you don't have emotional attachment without uh i would assume so mm. I, I don't know the way i see it so the, i don't know i don't know like if i were in a couple and somebody suggested that uh it would make me think that they're not happy well these are the assumptions whereas this couple they were they'd been going out i think less than a year uh they lived apart she had a kid he I don't know, he was a little bit older and they very much had an understanding that they were never going to get married. It was never going to be that kind of thing. They just want to have some fun, which is great. But that's how it's, that's how the relationship started. So if I were in a relationship where you have the love thing for six months or whatever, and then you settle into something nice and then they suggest the three something or bringing other people in, yeah, that would make me... But even that it was like a shared thing that they were doing rather than what some polyamory arrangements are is like you go see someone i go see someone oh right yes. yeah into a primary. God, there's so many options yeah yeah now. there's so many there's options. <laughs> just a lot going on i think separate i oh i find that difficult mm. i think a shared thing kind of makes more sense you know you're doing it together at least there's some remnants of relationship there like it's just interesting how some people are able to separate out sex from emotion and then obviously it's better when they're both there and it can feel really good and all that stuff. But some people have a higher sex drive. Some people want yeah. to explore it, but they still want to love and have their primary partner. It's, but there's so many. I mean, equally, like I wouldn't be able to see someone long-term and pretend it as casual. It does creep in. The emotions creep in. Even if they're misguided, misdirected, 
obfuscated by chemistry, like they will creep in. So I'm not made to be a sort of, you know, like some guys that can be total authorials and just like boom, 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 just casual all the time. That's amazing. Like, good for you. You're having fun. But I know my limitations when it comes to. And, and so that's a really good point. If we if we kind of circle back on some of the things that we're learning ourselves is self-awareness. Yeah. Right. And so there's no, it's not right or wrong. It's just like, how do we know ourselves? Because I know that I can have a long term. I had a seven month casual. Oh, wow. Yeah. With a guy who I had emotional connection with. Um, but it was never going to move on from just real good emotional connection. You know, we would spend time together and we would have great, great sex and it was never an emotional. Oh yeah, no, I would definitely go down the emotional route. Um, if it was that, if, I mean, it sounds like many facets of it were great. So exactly. Oof, why complicate that shit? <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, but yeah, it's self-awareness. So knowing yourself and what works for you, but also committing to I think committing to experimenting with that and that doesn't mean having sex with loads of people but it does mean interacting with people putting yourself out there because it's scary but just like public speaking which I do if I haven't done it for like three months <laughs> Sorry, I just love that I just comparing it. public speaking <laughs> for sex well I mean it's, <laughs> but it's equally scary like public speaking is one of the scariest things yeah I know it is I love the comparison <laughs> just go with me and <laughs> Even though I've spoken, spoke, not everything has innuendo. I've been on stages and spoken to lots of people. Guys, that sounds really cool. Yeah. But if I haven't done that for like three months, I'll be yeah. like, oh, do I still know how to do it? You know? <laughs> Is it like riding a bike? Oh, the bike one. There we go. I knew that was going to come in. Um, but if I, if I have a date a week, or if I, okay, I, was, I was quite relentless. I would have like three dates a week. Oh my God, I don't have the energy for that. Yeah, well, now I don't either. But for, for a little while when I was just going, my mind was just like, let me just figure this shit out. It would be every other week. So I'd have my kids one week and then I'd go on oh, wow. know, some dates and yeah. But it's just, so anyway, self-awareness, you don't have to follow my pattern of behavior. But what I mean is when we consistently put ourselves out there, even if it's asking someone out on the street or if it's doing like chatting with a friend in a way that's more vulnerable or difficult, the more we do that, the less of a like, (gasps) yeah, it's learning, it's development, self-awareness, adding to the data and the information. I think it's all great as long as it's sort of safe and people stay happy, I guess. So um, you've got a date next week. Yes. How many red flags have you already placed on this person? actually not that many i'm trying to yeah not 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 that many not any zero i'm not sure remaining um, open oh, no like easy there okay. <laughs> uh no i mean this is that i'm kind of like um they, they seem she seems really nice um from what i can tell from the app and the few interactions i'm kind of i'm not forcing myself to go out with this particular person that's not what i mean but i am trying to put yourself up force myself to go back into dating good so yes, I'm looking forward to it. And then how are you, what's your, like, how are you viewing dating at the moment? I mean, you're putting yourself out there. Are you looking for the one? Are you ready? Do you think you're ready for a relationship or are you, what's going on? I think I'm, yeah, I think I've got to the point where I'm ready. I didn't want to for like a good year, year and a half. I think I'm ready for a relationship now. I think it's time. I don't want to leave a giant gap because I want, I don't want to get to the point where I'm sort of like, happy to so used to your own company right that you become which yeah. because i am so comfortable 
with my own company. Like I love it. I just love chilling out uh, by myself or with friends or whatever. But so I am just trying to sort of like come on and get back in the game, which is which is difficult purely because it is time consuming. I work pretty long hours, uh, but surely it's something that is it's a big part of life. So I shouldn't deprioritize it as much as I have in the last year. I think work. I stood on a mountain in Switzerland um, uh, this summer and was like, as you do, as you do. It's been a while. <laughs> a lot of mountains going. Maybe I have tunnel vision about work, and I was like, you know, when you're on those mountains, right? Yeah. You're just like, <gasps> put you back in your place. Yeah. It was like there's so much more perspective, and also who cares about a little bit of rejection or a little bit of like. The universe is vast. I don't know. It just made me, it just gave me this whole different perspective. Did you have a gap in dating as well? Or did you go all the way through? Short gaps, I have to say. I couldn't have, like, mm-hmm. unlike you, like, my, my learning is how to sit with myself. Right. I, I was raised in communes. There were always people. And then I had kids and had a family life. So there was always people. So, like, it was so striking to be alone in my flat. And if I was just like, no, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I'm an extrovert. I need people. And so I've had to learn how to enjoy that and do be okay with it. And I don't mean just dating, but like friends or, mm. or like I just, I find that hard. I find that hard. But there is more to life and there's some perspective on what we can learn both in relationship and by ourselves, right? We're coming to the end of our time. I want to circle finally and see if you have any final questions. That's all good as well. How do you look after your mental health through the tricky waters of life like dating um work which is quite relentless for you long hours and like how do you make sure that you stay centered grounded able to be self-aware and go on a date that's not going to feel like it's punched you in the face no that's a good question i mean that'd be the practical things like i always make sure that i uh, have a workout regime because sports and things like that and just going to the gym has always helped me keep my head clear yeah, love it. I have to say, uh, I can't say I've had a hobby in years. So I've changed careers in the last yes, years. Yes, so work been... has been encompassing, but um, I picked up a new hobby a few months ago, which is great. It's something that is unrelated to my work, to what relationships could potentially be. I started skateboarding two months ago and three months ago. Oh, cool is that? Um, you know, 39 or whatever. It's cool. Um, which is super fun and it's still physical, um, you know, still a bit of mental, you know. It's, you have to focus in. You have to focus. Yeah. You have to think about all the steps. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. So I think it helps to actually have a hobby. But, you know, there's, there's other things that you have to do on a daily basis, whether it's, you know, I have like 10 post-it notes on my, on my bedroom door with various things, various yeah. messages yeah. that I have to remind myself every day. Like affirmations, or affirmations, yeah, that's right. yeah. So all kinds, and and I mean, some of them are related to career progression. Some of them are related to just my personal mental health. It's all kinds. It's a bit of a. I love that. I love the the physical movement. It's just so crucial. I took up kickboxing with oh, uh, nice. with my PT and um, take some classes and the the idea it's just like because you got like sequences right so your your mind you have to be fully present and there's just the adrenaline 
release, which I don't get from yeah. like yoga and shit. You know, I would just like, yeah. Just, but yeah, no, the presence, oh, that's a good keyword because you really have to think about what you're doing and it's mindful. You could get hurt, so then you really have to concentrate and you, but you haven't got all the other stuff in your head. It's, it's great. It's bliss. Yeah. It's bliss. <laughs> so is that your go-to at the moment? At the moment, saying? that's my go-to. I'm taking up some volunteering, which, ah, yes. which I'm excited about with some homeless people, actually. Okay. And I think that's just perspective shift. Like somebody was like, how do you plan for that? Whatever. I'm like, it's perspective shift. Like I'm working in corporates quite a lot and, you know, the, the feeling of giving back, even though we do mental health stuff and it feels important, you just got to mix it up and have your own full life so that when you're integrating with a partner or in a in relationship, that that stays. I think that's the problem. People get into relationship and they let all of that stuff go. So they go, oh, I'm not going to, why would I meditate? I meditated every day yeah. and I did my affirmations and I had this routine, yeah. but now I'm in the arms of someone. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm sure I'll find like I've got all this bubbly happiness anyway. And then you get to the tricky bit and you've actually not been putting the things in place that you know work for you, right? And then you, do, you just don't have the tools anymore. It's like you've got to start from, not from scratch, but you know what I mean? You've got to build them up again when our relationships get a bit tricky. But that, I was just, yes, oh my God, that's, unfortunately, that adds to my list of things. And now I'm scared of being in love again because I haven't been in love in like 10 years. But I do remember that, you know, I had a regime of like going to the gym at six in the morning, and then, you know, then you end up going out for drinks a lot and then you yeah, have yeah. fun and then suddenly all the stuff is out the window. Yes. And I don't want to lose my routine. I, do, I mean, but I do think we can have some flexibility. Yes. And, you know, we want to enjoy the fact that we're now with someone to go watch a movie or go for the walk or drink or whatever. But I think it becomes extreme because we get into this like, yeah. oh, this is amazing. Although weirdly, I look forward to being able to say, and I hope that I will, to be like, no, I can't see you tonight. I have to go to the gym or I have a... I can see you after the gym. Yeah. Let's yeah. see each other at lunch tomorrow. Like, that, that should be the beauty of aging is just being like, know thyself. Oh, that is a great thing about aging is just... No bullshit. Like, communicate. Stop giving a shit about so much stuff which we should never have given a shit about. What other people think. I mean, that's still a lot of that, but... Ooh, but that, that brings back to the social media comparing and everyone else knows what they're doing. Except yeah, us. it's curious. It's not curable. It's lots of fun. It brings people together. It is wonderful to be in contact with people from around the world. But there are aspects of it which are, which I think are damaging. But there's a funny aspect about it, going back to relationships. So people will be like, look at us. We're in love. This is the beginning and it's wonderful. But then the end of relationships, it's a bit more cryptic. You know what? Suddenly you're looking at someone's photos and you're like, I haven't seen a photo of their husband in months. And they've gone a bit quiet. Radio silence. And suddenly there's a new person and they're slightly intimate photo. I'm like, did you guys did you guys divorce? It's like suddenly you have to find out about these massive life milestones that people used to call each other about through a set of photos where one person is gradually phased out and then a new one comes in. And it's just I don't keep track of people in the same Oh, have a look. Yeah. But um yeah, we celebrate, we have all the wins and all the happiness. Yeah. And then the shitty stuff we like hide in shame and we isolate and we don't I think it'd be more useful. I think social media would be a, a better thing if we were able to say, God, I'm this was great. shitty this was week great. or this yeah. has been a really tough breakup or whatever. But uh, but uh, social media, it's, it, I do think there's something about how we use it, right? So that we have to take responsibility for how yeah, we integrate with it. If we're like super stalking our pre-date or our, our like, exes <laughs> and, then, and then we're like drinking wine because we're miserable or whatever 
like that's our responsibility as yeah. much as social media makes it really easy to super stock, you know? Yeah. Well, you reminded me I need to super stock my date for next week. You should do that. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Let's do that. In summary, people, thank you for listening to our thoughts and ideas around dating. It is tricky. I guess my summary would be practice self-awareness. Just think about consciously date. I feel like we consciously make plans for our work and our lives and like, you know, visualize and use life coaches and all this sort of stuff. But we don't necessarily consciously put the same thought process into what kind of partner do we want? Who do I want to be on a date? Um, who do I want to be in relationship? Not just what do I want to get, but what do I want to give in relationship? Yeah. What do, how do I take responsibility for what I create? And so I think people who are really looking for relationships can be like, oh, unlucky. I never meet the right one, blah, 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 blah. You can spend your energy there. Or you can actually map out and have conversations about the person that you think will be you know, help you build the life that you want and take responsibility for your part in that. Well, it's such a good point because I think with things like love and relationships, people are like, well, it's just, you know, they're letting themselves sort of run away with it and see what happens kind of thing, even though it's very much in their control. But but I think that this is the whole Disney thing as well. It's like, when it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. The, this, the birds will be singing and yeah. you know, this background music. And wrong time. Start writing those differently, please. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it affects, even if it's unconscious, it affects. Yeah. How we view things. So I say, put some conscious thought into owning who we want to be and what we want in our lives. And I didn't even get into the shamanic rituals that I did pre-meeting the guy. Right. Yeah, there's some deep energy stuff. But it, everyone needs to do what they need to do. Yeah. Steph, good luck on your dating journey. Oh uh, yeah, I'll get back to you on that. We know how it goes. Let us know. I think in the show notes we'll have to put how Wednesday's date was. Yep. Yeah. I'll report back full detail. I'm looking forward to it. It sounds Thanks. exciting, putting yourself out there again. Yeah, yeah. I'm not now going to have to live vicariously through you. Since <laughs> I'm like, are you mean what? Ah, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, thank you so much, Steph, for taking some time on a Saturday morning to chat with us about relationships. Go forth, people. Experiment uh, in a healthy, safe way. And go practice some self-awareness. And you do you, because you're the only one who can do that well. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. And please do get in touch through petrabelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.